0: Fast, linear, metadata, and search and discovery were three of the major themes at IBC last weekend. Technology pitting pirates against pirates was a standout innovation. Listen on to hear more.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News and Colin Dixon. Screen Media is with me over in uh, London this week after having been at IBC. Colin, we want to hear all about IBC today, but are you there to stand in the miles long line to see the Queen? I am not, but it is a very somber
0: Britain that I have come to visit. Uh, you know, the Brits are their usual sunny selves, but uh, <laughs> there's obviously a lot of outpouring of sympathy and a lot of sadness. About the loss of the Queen. So, yeah, Yeah. it's a a little bit of a different air to Britain. And as you say, there is an extraordinarily long queue of people who want to uh, file past the coffin, which is lying in state at Westminster Hall.
1: And it sounds like you are not going to be among those in the miles-long line.
0: I don't think so.
1: And you're obviously back from uh, the tour of IBC. That's going to be the focus of today's podcast. But we do have a couple of news items that we're going to cover before we get into IBC and I think you're going to get us started on the NFL.
0: Yes I will and when we get to the IBC I gotta tell you well I have my mind blown a little bit by a couple of things but before we get there um, so the the thing I want to focus on is something that we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago and that's NFL Plus that finally launched. Uh, This as our listeners will remember is a service explicitly from the NFL and it costs $4.99 a month for the entry-level package, and uh, well, about about 10 bucks for the NFL Plus Premium. Uh, so, what do you get? You get live out-of-market preseason games on all devices, like live local regular season and postseason games on mobile, and live primetime regular season and postseason games on mobile again. And uh, launch seemed to have gone pretty well. There was a couple of problems. There seemed to be a few problems with uh, some some people logging in initially. And also there was one or two people that were complaining about they couldn't stream properly. But on the whole, it seems to have been pretty successful and be doing pretty well. So that's good. And it's good because it's launched just in time for Thursday Night Football. So If you want to watch Thursday Night Football tonight, you can watch it in two ways. One is you can stream it to your smart TV or your device through Amazon, uh, which is, I think it's their inaugural broadcast, their inaugural stream of Thursday Night Football. Or you can stream it on NFL Plus on your mobile device. So you have two ways to watch, not one.
1: Yeah, and... Tonight, of course, is the uh, we're speaking on Thursday. Tonight, of course, is the launch of uh, NFL Thursday Night Football on Amazon. So it's going to be interesting to see how that broadcast stream goes. I suppose we're not calling it a broadcast stream goes.
0: Yeah, actually, I wonder if it's. Time for us to 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 not talk about broadcasts online and talk about streams. I guess we're already doing that. That will be the new word for that. But how do we denote when it's live? I guess we say live stream. I'm going to live stream it. That will be the new way we refer to that.
1: <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be fun to see how Amazon produces it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, I, I'm afraid I will miss it because it will be in a, literally in the middle of my night. I think they kick off. The game just past 1 a.m. and it'll be long finished by the time I wake up, but maybe you can watch it and give us a report.
1: I will. And you can, I think you'll be able to watch it on demand also, probably on uh, Amazon. I I can,
0: I can, I can, and perhaps I'll do that. But anyway, what did you see this
1: week? Yeah, well, one thing that caught my eye is that um, listeners obviously know that uh, Hulu has been um, it has been owned uh, now for some time, two thirds by Disney and one third by Comcast. And both of their CEOs this week expressed interest in buying the other's share, uh, buying out the other share in Hulu. Um, both uh, Comcast Brian Roberts and Disney's. Uh, Bob Chappick were speaking at a Goldman Sachs conference and said that uh, they were sort of praising Hulu's business and um, expressing their desire to own it outright. The uh, way that the deal was structured is that, um, the original deal was structured, is that uh, Disney can buy uh, Comcasts can force Comcast to sell that above a certain threshold of valuation for Hulu, but not vice versa. So, it would seem that if Disney wants to own it, then they would be able to do that. It would be harder for Comcast to force that. But um, yeah, I mean, Hulu continues to be a big asset in the streaming market, and uh, here we have a couple of the biggest players looking to um, looking to own it outright. Yeah, it does, Will. That's not
0: to say that uh, that Comcast doesn't have a little bit of leverage here. Remember, Comcast is still a big contributor of of content to Hulu, even though it's not giving its early access to the new NBCU shows. Those have migrated over to Peacock, of course. It's still a big provider of content, I think, into Hulu. So it does still have some leverage there. But as you say, this is Disney's... Property to keep, right? There is a deal yeah. in place that would see it sell. Uh, with, with the guarantees that Comcast would get a price on t- in 2024, uh, but I think you know I've I wondered a lot about the future of Hulu, and um, I'm not I'm not sure it really fits in with what Disney's doing. Disney seems to be expanding Disney Plus pretty quickly. Uh, to be more of a general broadcaster they're even putting in things that are very definitely not family friendly into the service now and and I I'm not sure that it really does fit with Disney's overall strategy anymore Will so I don't know maybe maybe there is a deal to be done here where Comcast takes takes the app.
1: We'll see. Um, You know, again, nothing hard and fast to um, report on or discuss this week, except both the CEOs expressing interest. So uh, no doubt that story is going to unfold in in 2023. But maybe it's time to transition to IBC. It sounds like you had a great visit there, great trip, Uh, met with a lot of different companies, saw a lot of different cool stuff. So where to get started?
0: Where to get started indeed, yeah, it, well, I think everybody was just so happy to be back, uh, I saw a lot of people I hadn't seen before, so a lot of smiling faces, the f- The floor seemed to be fairly busy, I think I saw them say that there was 37,000 or so visitors this year, but there was cer- it certainly seemed to be very busy, Amsterdam was obliging a, a place to have it, as it always is, had a tremendous time there, and... I kind of had my, as I said at the beginning, I kind of had my mind blown a little bit, Um, not by this first item, but uh, a couple of other things. We'll get to those in a second. The first thing was that Fast Linear was the darling of the show, Will. It didn't seem like you could have a panel discussion or go on a booth and have a booth discussion without Fast Linear coming up in some way. Now, they are calling Fast Linear over here VOD to Live. I'm not sure why they decided to call it that. Well, I, it's a literal description of how many of the channels, I suppose, are created, where you take on demand assets and string them together in a channel. Uh, that's not the exclusive way, but it is one way. Uh, so, as I say, there were lots of discussions, lots of companies who were talking about the fact that they could create these four content providers. So Brightcove, SimpleStream, uh, QuickPlay, uh, all talked about new solutions for turning VOD assets into linear streams. And uh, one of them, that was QuickPlay, was even talking about how they could personalize those streams. To the viewer, so you would get a personal, uh, you, you know, pick from a set of assets and try and match those assets to your particular interests and stream them to you. So I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. But what really struck me here, Will, was that speaker after speaker, just at the, at the conferences, set conference sessions, and on, on the sessions that I moderated, wanted to talk about the fast linear opportunity. It seems like it's a real big thing here. Bit of a surprise for me though because in Europe there's a great deal of free television still available. Most people or many people still have an antenna on their roof and are watching antenna television and there's usually a whole bunch of channels available that way so I figured FastLineo would actually spread in Europe a bit slower than it has in, in the US but maybe I was wrong. Maybe <laughs> they're ready to jump on board.
1: Yeah, Colin, can you say more about what was um, driving their enthusiasm in FAST? What specifically you heard from them about uh, throughout the conversations about why they're so um, bullish on it?
0: Yeah, so what's going on here is broadly speaking what's going on in the US, and that is that um, I think the SVOD market, SVOD providers are beginning to realize that one dimensional business models aren't the optimal way to monetize content. And they see Fast Linear Volta Live as being a great option to monetize perhaps content that is not as well used in a library uh, to monetize that in a better way uh, a- as well as not disabling what you're doing with that content in your libraries. It really isn't, if people aren't watching it it's in and it's in your library then using it as a linear asset in a free service like Pluto TV uh, Earns you a little bit of extra revenue and also helps drum up interest in your streaming service. So I think it was just broad acceptance. that single model, single business model, services were sort of going out of fashion, and the the only way you can optimally monetize yep. your content is through multi distribution and fast linear is seen as a fabulous way of doing that.
1: That makes sense. That makes total sense.
0: Yep. And I got to tell you, the second one, this is just this a mind-blowing one. I, I think our audience probably knows that I've, I have a passion, interest in metadata. And I talk about it a lot. Metadata is, is, of course, the data that is created to describe the movies and TV shows and sports, etc., that we watch. And it's, it's kind of a foundational technology of pretty much everything you look at in an interface. You've got to have great metadata or you can't make good recommendations. Discovery doesn't work right. Search doesn't work right. And the TV interfaces really don't personalize themselves to you in the right way. And there was just so many conversations about metadata at the show. I moderated a really well attended session between Liberty Global and GraceNote talking about how Liberty Global had replaced its metadata. I talked to Jamie McKinley, who's the CEO of Meta Broadcast for a long time, about what he's doing and the state of the metadata market. I talked to uh, Guillaume Dorette, who is the CEO of Synchronized, which is a small metadata enhancement company that's using AI and machine learning to learn to track all sorts of objects in a video. He can track Characters, chapters, objects, brands, and create what he called it, what he calls time coded objects. And um, he called his solution in video intelligence. But those are just some examples, Will. I I, I swear it must have come up in many, many conversations, just like Fast did, Fast Linear, and in many of the panel, uh, panel sessions that I moderated and attended. So this was a big surprise. It's never been so upfront, in, at least in my memory, in IBC or any show. So uh, but I thought it was a bit of an inside baseball thing, but not at IBC <laughs> this year.
1: Is there a sense that today's metadata is insufficient in some way to provide the user experience that services want to provide and that they're looking actively looking to try to figure out how to enhance the metadata and therefore the user experience
0: yeah I think it actually comes from another theme which is search and discovery solutions and I think there's there was um, a general sense that search and discovery was not doing a good a good enough job it wasn't yeah. helping people leverage those those resources in a library that they would like but can't find uh, aren't presented with in an effective way uh, I think that's I think that was another big theme and I think that's what's driving this focus on metadata that's what that's what actually caused Liberty Global to switch uh, to Gray Snow or at least it was one of those reasons that Liberty Global switched to Gray Snow and it's one of those one of the reasons why pe- people like the folks at synchronized and at metabroadcast are are enhancing the metadata because they want to ha- if you don't have the information in the data then it can't be found and voice interfaces tend to be more chatty more using more idiomatic expressions and if those aren't encoded in the metadata then you really can't use them to help people to find stuff. So I think that was what was what was going on there. It was the fact that people are frustrated with search and discovery yep. and that they're looking for better metadata to help them with that problem, help make be- better recommendations and help their customers find more stuff in their libraries so that they can maintain their interest and their and their focus on the content.
1: Right, increased time spent, which in turn you bet. drives uh, revenue, whether it's ad monetization or reducing churn, higher loyalty, more time spent, et cetera. Yep, yep, that's exactly
0: right. So th- those I thought were the general themes. Uh, there was some really cool stuff that was there, Will, that I had a lot of fun with. The first one that I saw was from 24i, and this This sort of surprised me. Uh, What Sony 4i has done is they've created, I think, what's what's really the first TV TV as a service. And when I saw this, it reminded me that about, oh my gosh, it it might be 10 years ago, but at least eight years ago, all of the pay TV operators, all of the operators rather, were enhancing their networks. And the idea was to make, to make those networks uh, uh, sort of service platforms so that they provided communication services and that you could craft um, applications that ran on that to deliver services. And at that time, there was a lot of talk of turning traditional pay TV type services into a service that runs on those networks. Well, that was a nice idea and sort of the interest in that all cooled and it sort of got forgotten along the way. Well, 24i didn't forget and Swisscom didn't forget because they launched, um, their at least 24i launched their focus on TV on Swisscom's network as a TV as a service and it literally, it's TV service in the cloud, everything is run from there, They do 24i does everything. They do the customer support, they sign the customer up, they deliver the channels, they maintain the quality, they maintain the guide. Everything that a TV operator does is all done from the cloud using this TV as a service. So I I thought that was quite an achievement and um, really something that I hadn't seen before.
1: And this is something that is then offered by Swisscom to its broadband customers.
0: Exactly. So they offer it exactly in the same way that uh, a traditional pay TV operator offers it. And this has got some fabulous um, advantages for the operator, Will. You know, normally the operator has to provide a set-top box and that's costly and they have to provide... In-home support, which is costly, and right, they have to provide uh, customer support, which is costly, and none of that is true with this. You know, people, the customers can run this uh, this TV as a service app on Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Android TV, yep. Chromecast. Um, they can even work. They've even prov- they can even provide a set-top box that's Android TV based. Um, for for the customer, so this really is a very very much a turnkey service that customers can install themselves, and that Swisscom has to do nothing at all to run.
1: So the question is: Is that approach going to uh, extend to other broadband providers? Do you think they're going to get um, traction and get others to want to um, expand TV as a service in that way?
0: yeah i think they're probably i mean now that the swisscom is doing this with 24i in europe i think that will probably attract other interested parties one of the things that's very difficult about pay tv services i think is that it's increasingly difficult to make money doing it and the truth is that traditional pay tv is only one aspect of what people are watching these days so it does it does provide an opportunity perhaps for people to step in to pay television who hadn't thought about doing it before. So yeah, I, I would expect to see more people doing it.
1: Cool. Well, we probably have time for maybe one more observation from IBC, something that had you excited. Do you want to go for that? And so yes,
0: I, I will. And I'm going to go for one that's sort of out there. Will
1: okay. that I
0: thought was a lot of fun. Um, so I met with a, an old friend of mine called Pierre Hunter, and I've known Pierre for a long time, and he's working with a company called Custos, which is based in, um, based in South Africa. And these guys have come up with this solution that I think is probably the most interesting uh, I've come across in curbing piracy. Now, don't turn off because this is, this is a really interesting approach. Basically, what they're doing is they're using the pirates to fight the pirates. So the way this works is this. So there's this technology that pretty much is, is standard called watermarking technology where they put an invisible but um, a scannable watermark into video when it's streamed to you. So this way they can sort of identify that you're the one that streamed it. So if it's stolen, that they can actually identify it's you. But one of the problems with this is that there's so much pirated content out there, how do you figure out, how do you actually find the content that's been stolen? Well, this company, Custos, has found a way to embed an NFT, an unfungible token, into the watermark that has an associated value. And they've created scripts that you can run on a PC that basically hunt through pirate sites looking for assets that have the embedded NFTs and have been stolen. So the idea here is that a bounty hunter who's likely a pirate himself can download this script, run it on his PC. When he finds a stolen asset with one of these embedded NFTs, he'll be able to cash it in by reporting the content. And he makes money from the fact that he found this this content by running the script on his PC. So I thought it was a little bit of genius Now, they're a long way from actually commercializing this, but they've certainly got it working in uh, technology, technology demos. Uh, And I just thought this was a very novel approach and one that uh, hopefully will will get legs and help us track down those people that are sharing content that they really shouldn't be.
1: Bounty hunter is the term you used, And that was exactly what I was thinking as you were describing this, sending the bad guys to turn on one another.
0: That's exactly right. That That's the genius <laughs> of this, Will. That's the thing that I really liked about it.
1: That's funny. Well, good. Well, I know you had a bunch of other observations that you wrote about on com, and listeners should definitely check all that out to get the full download from Colin on his uh, time at IBC.
0: Yeah, please, please do stop by. As Will says, there's uh, two or three items more in my list of favorite things and a couple more in my list of of top themes uh, so check them out
1: awesome and i think that's it for this week colin so safe travels back to the u.s and be there for another few days and thanks everybody for listening in this week and we'll see you all again next week on inside the stream
0: inside the stream is a production of in-screen
1: media and video news all rights reserved